life for Christ to be everything is a beautiful and glorious and wonderful and bold and dangerous prayer. And I'm not one that bases my faith on sentiment, being sentimental or emotions. But you cannot help but be stirred when a person says, Lord, I want you to be everything. God, am I waking? God, am I sleeping? You cannot help but be stirred with emotion when we sing it together as a community. It is a bold, bold prayer. So thank you to the worship team. Thank you, thank you, Mike. And uh, I just appreciate you uh, uh, leading us in worship today. <laughs> our, our gospel reading today is found in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 31. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 31. And if you have your Bibles, there are a few Bibles in front of you if you want to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 24 to follow along. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. I will be reading from the uh, New Living Translation for a very profound theological reason. It is a wide margin Bible and I cheat by putting all my notes in it. Luke 24, 13 to 31. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles out of Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. Suddenly, Jesus himself came along and joined them and began walking beside them. But they didn't know who he was because God kept them from recognizing him. You seem to be in deep discussion about something, he said. What are you so concerned about? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. He was a prophet who did wonderful miracles. He was a mighty teacher, highly regarded by both God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders arrested him and handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had thought he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. That all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, Jesus' body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, You are such foolish people. You find it so hard to believe that all the, what all the prophets wrote in the Scriptures... Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his time of glory? Then Jesus quoted passages from the writings of Moses and all the prophets prophets explaining what all the scriptures said about himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus would have gone on, but they begged him to stay the night with them since it was getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took a small loaf of bread, asked God's blessing on it, broke it then gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were open, and they recognized him. Let us pray. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. In 1941, an Anglican monk in in England, Dom Gregory Dix, presented a paper that brought the phrase, the shape of the liturgy, into prominence. 
He was not the first to observe the shape, but he was the first to really capture it with this title of the shape of the liturgy. And he wrote a book about it that actually just has been republished this year. He observed that there is a fourfold shape to the Eucharist, to communion, which we're going to partake together here tonight. It is a fourfold shape, a meal that both is commanded in scriptures and is practiced since the early church. And there are four verbs in this shape of the liturgy. Take, bless, break, and give. Take, bless, or give thanks, break, and give. The shape of the liturgy. The shape, the sayings we say, the words we say, the the scriptures that proclaim this time after time in the scriptures. And we will be saying it again a little later as we come together for communion. We see this shape of the liturgy in Mark's gospel. Mark 14, 22. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, Take, eat, for this is my body. Mark 6, and Jesus feeding the 4,000. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. John 6, the feeding of the 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Luke's gospel we just read. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him at that moment. In Paul's writing, 1 Corinthians, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Take, bless, break, and give. We see this when Jesus feeds the thousands. We see this when Jesus feeds the twelve. And we see this when Jesus feeds the two. Take, bless, break, and give. A structure to the supper. And not only is it the structure to which we come to this table this morning, or wherever you may practice and worship around the table in your churches, it must be the pattern of our lives. It is not just during communion that we practice the take, the blessing, the breaking, and the giving. Jesus wants this to be a part of our lives. We must give our lives to Jesus and he takes us. We sang it on Wednesday. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my life. And Jesus takes our life no matter where we are. No matter where you've been. He takes your strengths and your weaknesses, your intelligence, your academic struggles. He takes your past failures and your success. He takes all that you are. Have you given Jesus your life? Have you allowed Him to take your life? Jesus doesn't require you to get things in order. He doesn't require you to straighten up before you come to Him. He asks that you come to Him so that He might take your life. And then He blesses you. Then comes the blessing. Because Jesus then goes to the Father. 
and is thankful to God for you. Now that's a powerful thing. Jesus, no matter where you are, if you allow him to take your life, he goes to God on your behalf, God the Father, and thanks God and says, thank you, the blessing, thank you for this child of yours. Have you given Jesus your life? Have you allowed him to take your life? It happens in different ways, depending on the different Christian traditions we come from. For some, it happens at a, this here in the front, this railing in the front, in case you don't know, I was referred to as an altar. And, and some of you growing up may have knelt at an altar and asked Jesus, you have given him your life, and he takes your life, and you ask him to come into your heart, into your life. Maybe it happened here at an altar. Maybe it happened at a campground, or maybe it happened uh, from the family tradition of your Christian faith whether in baptism or or even gathering around the table. In fact, uh, Wesley believed that as we gather around the table that this too can be a means of grace. In the moment that we partake of the representation of God's body and His blood, that can be your moment where you say, Yes, Jesus, take my life. Oh, and the blessings come. All is forgiven. All is made new. Yes, the blessing comes as I read this summer... When I gave my heart to Jesus, it was wonder beyond wonder beyond wonder beyond wonder. Oh, give Jesus your life. Give him your heart and life. Not only accept him as Savior, but I ask that you surrender to him as Lord. God, in your waking, in your sleeping, in your breathing, in your thinking, in your playing, let God be everything. Let Jesus take your life. And the blessings will come. I promise you. But there is also a breaking. There is also this time where God in this spiritual journey, once we surrender our hearts to God and surrender Him to, as Lord and Savior of our life, there is a breaking. God continues to shape us and sculpt us and mold us into His image. Yes, there is a breaking. And sometimes it is painful. But Jesus does not, or God does not break us to harm us or to hurt us. There is a greater purpose. There is a greater reason. He will take what he has broken and then pour more of Christ's light and power through you. So that the image of Christ may be shed abroad in your heart, in your life, in every area. Yes, there is a breaking, but it's not a breaking to beat you down. It is a breaking to let Christ shine through you in everything that you do. Do you want that? Do you want Christ to shine through you in everything you do? Have you given him your life? Jesus takes your life. He goes to the Father and thanks God the Father and blesses you. Eugene Peterson wrote, The prayer of Christ's blessing gathers all of us and everything we are into everything that Christ is and does for us. Christ gathers us in. And in that breaking, in that shaping, in that molding, it at times will be painful. But we're just being molded into the image of Christ. And even in those moments of heartache and pain, where you don't understand what is happening, some of you have had very difficult summers. Gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, pain and sorrow. 
Some of those situations I do not believe God brought into your life because he wanted to teach you a lesson. I don't believe some of you are mourning today because God wanted to show you something. I just believe that was part of the journey. But even God can take that heartache and that pain in the breaking and his light and life can shine through in powerful, powerful ways. I missed it for years, but did you notice it in the text? Verse 30. As they sat down to eat, he took a small loaf of bread asked God's blessing on it, broke it, then gave it. And suddenly, their eyes were opened. It was in the breaking, and it was in the giving, that their eyes were opened to the power of Christ's resurrection. I'd humbly suggest the same is true today when we allow Jesus to take our life, there is a blessing that is beyond wonder, beyond wonder, beyond wonder. And in that breaking, God does something amazing. He gives us more of himself, more of his power, more of his life, more of his light. And then, the world around us will see and their eyes will be opened. Do you want to be used by God for that? I, I promise you, I'm not much older than you. I'm only 27 years old. But I, I think of, of my long journey in life. This summer, I uh, took some students uh, that were here for the summer. We went to a concert at Park Street Church. And was getting to know them. And Caitlin Joe, the sophomore class president, was with us. And she asked me if I knew her youth pastors because they graduated from here. And she mentioned the names. I said, no, I, I, don't, I don't know them. She's like, well, they're, I think they actually graduated a long time before. They're, they're a couple years older than you. And I was like, well, how old are they? She's like, they're like 26. And she was serious, all right? <laughs> 38 years old, still a long journey ahead of me, I hope. But I have learned that there is no better way to live, no more wonderful way to live than a heart and life surrendered to Christ Jesus. Will you allow him to take your life? You surrender to him as Lord. He goes to the Father on your behalf and thanks God for you. Often a lot of us have a hard time accepting the fact that God loves us. We look back at our past and Look back at the fact that maybe other people didn't love us, so how could God love us? Maybe even some of you were in family situations where you didn't feel like your family loved you, so you have a hard time understanding that God loves you. It was from this very pulpit that I heard Brendan Manning say when I was a child, first time I ever heard it, he said, you know, God loves you, we know that, it's a biblical mandate, though most of you have a hard time accepting it. He said, do you also know that God likes you? I'd never heard that before. God even likes you. I'd like to add to that. Jesus Christ is so thankful to God the Father for you. Your life is precious. Will you give him your life today? Will you allow him to take your life? Much like he took the five loaves and the two fish of the little boy in John 6-9, where we also see the taking, the blessing, the breaking, and the giving. We see it over and over and over again in the Gospels where Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and fed thousands. But you also know 
the abundance that was left over. In Mark 6, 12 baskets were left over. Mark 8, feeding the 4,000, seven baskets. I've heard it said for so many years, I'm coming to a deeper understanding that Christ's blessing in our lives is overflowing. It is overflowing if you allow him to take your life and bless your life and break your life so that he might give your life to his glory and his honor. This summer, or the last couple of years, I've been reading through Oswald Chambers, uh, My Utmost for His Highest Devotional Bible, where they have a New Testament reading and an Old Testament, a Psalm and a Proverbs. And each time I finish it, I think, all right, I'll move on to a new devotional. I've got to get something new, something. But I keep returning to it. And uh, you, you go through the whole Bible in a year, and it takes me a little longer than a year. But within the four to five years, once I finish the Bible, I've read, I've read 365 or so, even a few more devotionals by Oswald Chambers. And, so I must have read this one over and over again, but for some reason this summer I, I read one of his quotes and I wrote it down on, on the whiteboard in my office that I think applies to our text today. Applies in the way of when Jesus and the power of God is flowing through our life, even in our brokenness, which that's a humble thought to think in our brokenness, that's when we're stronger. When we're weak, we are strong. The Christian journey is a bunch of contradictions. The last shall be first. Is when you're weak, that you are strong because then the power of God just flows through you. And I've read this devotional for years and I've, I've lost it. I think I left it in Edinburgh, Scotland. So if you're in Scotland in the next couple months and find it, if you'd return it to me, I'd appreciate it. But before I lost that Bible, I wrote down this quote from Oswald Chambers. We cannot measure our lives by spiritual success, but only by what God pours through us. And we cannot measure that at all. We cannot measure our lives by spiritual success, but only by what God pours through us. And we cannot measure that at all. My prayer for you this morning is that you allow Christ to take your life. And there will be blessing upon blessing and wonder upon wonder. And in the breaking that takes place, it's only God shaping you more into the image of his son so that he might then give you to others so that others might see the light and power and life of Christ. In a few moments, I'm going to ask our communion service to come forward. They're going to have trays and there'll be a little cup and a little wafer in the middle and they're going to pass the trays on the ends. I ask that you pass them to the end first and take the cup and, and wafer and then pass it to the side. We'll be serving the balcony. I'm going to ask for your patience in this time. And then I'm going to ask that you hold those elements, the cup and the, and the wafer, and we're going to partake at the Lord's table together. And we're going to read some verses and prepare our hearts and lives for some verses we already read here. While those elements are being distributed, I found a, a little video clip that was sent to me by Vern over the summer. It doesn't use the take, bless, break, and give, but I hope those words stay with you because that is the Christian journey. All too often we say at the take and the blessing and, and we forget there is a breaking. We must not stop there. So maybe if we can remember the taking and the blessing and the breaking and giving. And, and these two artists that are about to uh, do a little skit for you, they're, they're talking to the same message. Same message. So as we serve the elements and prepare our hearts for communion, let us watch. Will the servers please come forward?
since his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a, a Picasso, you know? But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there. Mold me into the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, you just said the prayer, so here I am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. No, if I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do this. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God didn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? Get it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, yeah. um, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step okay. right up. Here we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of that, could you chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it. I mean, the other went away, but this, I mean, I've tried exercising, I've watched what I ate, I even did Pilates for a while. That was awkward. But if you could chisel, I'd be right. Can I talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, talk, chisel. No, 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 chisel. All right, most of my children just like to talk. Not me. Bring on the chisel. Here we go. All right. You have a lot of anger. Ow. Some pride. Ow. Compare yourself to others instead of me. Ow. You're lazy, <clears throat> but you pretend like you're really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Okay, <laughs> time out. <laughs> I do not have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust? No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, maybe, maybe we should take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me, you know? I mean, even my friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're holier than thou. Why would you do that, you know? I mean, so what you're doing right now is you rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little time out, and we'll come back to right. it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control? Chisel? Control? No, no, chisel! Here we go. No, can, can we chisel where I want those? It's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? It hurts me more than it hurts you. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. 
and expecting different results. And there are the things in your life, you even think back to high school, that you've been doing that do not work in your life. But you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're lonely and tired, but they do not work. No, no, okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe we can... Rocking on my thoughts. Oh, okay, but we went another way. Your ways we get... are not my ways. Okay, well, look, I can't be good. You can't be good. I've made you good. Be good. Uh, what? Nothing. What is it? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just... God, I've let you down so many times. No. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand, and don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. All right. Just... Just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. God, I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And it is this, this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult, but I can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that are not of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. God. Yes? I was just saying, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. You know what? It, it's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's, it's more a... than a name. It's more than a saying. It's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is a page from, from a journal I had when I was younger. How'd you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry. I'm there. I was there. Oh, yeah. Dear God, today I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible. But I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold... Don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You are one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison, but look at this as a, 
A father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, it'll be tough. But you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look up there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy. No, 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 no. The way you see yourself or you yearn so much for others to see you. The way I see you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. So are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Will you please stand with me? responsive reading together that will be, uh, I think, up here on the screen in a moment. Within it, there will be an invitation that I gave as a prayer, and together we will say a time of a prayer of confession and pardon, a moment for silent prayer, followed by a response that I say to you and then you to me as we go to the Lord's table together. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Together, merciful God, we confess we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry needed. Forgive us, we pray. Forgive us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. The time of silence between you and the Lord. Lift your cares, concerns, and confession to him. And even in this moment, you can say, Lord, take my life and let it be. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. On the night in which he gave himself up to us, he took the bread, gave thanks to God, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of my new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. 
as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Thank you.